Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya Reading from Canto 11, Chapter 3, Text Number 30. Pratir mitas tushtir, Nivritir mita atmanaha, Arasparano katanam, Avanam bhagavat yashaha, Ratir mitas tushtir, Nivritir mitta atmanaha, Paraspara, mutual, Anokatanam, discussion, Pavanam, purifying. Bhagavat, Bhagavat of the Supreme Lord, Lord. Yashaha Glories, Glories. Mittaha Mutual, Mutual. Ratihi Loving Attraction, attraction. Mittaha Mutual, Mutual. Tushtihi Satisfaction, satisfaction. Cessation of material miseries. Nitaha mutual. Atmanaha of the soul. Very nice verse. Translation. One should learn how to associate with the devotees of the Lord by gathering with them to chant the glories of the Lord. This process is most purifying. As devotees thus develop their loving friendship, they feel mutual happiness and satisfaction. And by thus encouraging one another, they are able to give up material sense gratification, which is the cause of all suffering. Beautiful. Purport. This is 11th Canso, so this is not Prabhupada's purport. This is the disciples of Prabhupada taking from our Acharya's commentary. And they start with Sridhar Swami. According to Srila Sridhar Swami, those who are advanced in Krishna consciousness should not envy one another or quarrel amongst themselves. Giving, all, giving up all such mundane feelings, they should gather together and 
Chant the glories of the Supreme Lord for mutual purification. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has pointed out that glorification of the Supreme Lord is especially potent when performed in the association of pure devotees, when devotees engage in Sankirtan, chanting the glories of the Lord together. They experience the highest transcendental bliss and satisfaction. Thus, they encourage one another to give up material sense gratification, which is based on illicit sexual connections with women. One devotee will say to another, Oh, you have given up sense gratification. Starting today, I shall also give it up. Starting today. Paragraph. One should learn to increase one's love for the devotees, to satisfy them, and to give up sense objects unfavorable to serving Krishna. And, not but, one should learn to view the entire universe as paraphernalia for the Lord's service. By engaging the objects of the senses in Krishna's service, one automatically becomes detached from them. It's like yesterday morning's Queen Kunti, Ananya Vishaya. paraphernalia for Krishna's vishaya. And then there goes my own vishaya, the mentality of being a sense enjoyer. One automatically becomes detached from them. And as one passes one's days in the association of the Lord's devotees, one's transcendental ecstasy increases more and more. This sounds like a summarization of the first verse of Shikshastakam. Anandam Bodhivardhanam. Through discussion about the topics of Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. Therefore, one who wants to be free from the harassment of Maya Anybody wants to be free from the harassment of mine? Yes, Maharaj. <laughs> In the form of sense gratification, must constantly associate with pure devotees of the Lord who have no engagement other than chanting and hearing the glories of the Lord and carrying out his mission on earth. <laughs> Last paragraph, Madhvacharya. Srila Madhvacharya has pointed out, very interesting, that just as one should cultivate friendship with devotees, one must cultivate a spirit of 
friendship towards the demigods. Hmm. Who manage the universe on the Lord's behalf. Thus one should be live peacefully within this world and of purport. The verse again, Paras Parano Katanam Pavanam Bhagavat Yashaha Mitoratir Mitastoshtir Nivratir Mita Atmanaha. Translation One should learn how to associate with the devotees of the Lord by gathering with them to chant the glories of the Lord. This process is most purifying. As devotees thus develop their loving friendship, they feel mutual happiness and satisfaction and by thus encouraging one another they are able to give up material sense gratification which is the cause of all suffering. There's so many nice things to say about this nice verse. First of all, the, the context. Uh, this is a verse spoken by... doesn't indicate which one, but the Navyogendras... Navyogendras are the nine sons of Rishabdev that became Uttama Bhagavats. That's a nice and an important understanding. Rishabdev, an incarnation of the Lord, appeared as a Kshatriya. And of the 100 sons of Rishabdev, A number of them became brahmanas, a number of them became kshatriyas, and a number of them were beyond Varnashram, which is a nice scriptural reference, if you ever need to make such a scriptural reference, where the praja, the, the children, are not necessarily by birth the same uh, varna as the mother and father. If you're born a Brahmin, you're born of Brahmin parents, you're not necessarily a Brahmin. If you're born of Kshatriya parents, you're not necessarily a Kshatriya, etc. And it's not only because Kali Yuga, everything is upside down, which is also true, but here's the personality of Godhead, Rishabdev, and his some of his children are Kshatriyas, some of them are Brahmanas, and some of them, some of them are Uttama Bhagavats, beyond any consideration of Varna and Ashram. So those nine sons, they're the ones that are speaking. Um, that's, that is discussed in the fifth chapter, Rishabdev and his sons. This is now the eleventh canto, and they're now speaking to King Nimi. So King Nimi asks a, a number of questions, and then the Navyogendras respond. So here's his question. 
in the beginning of this chapter three. Several questions, but the first of them is, King Nimi said, O great sage, please explain how even a foolish materialist, you know, like us, can easily cross over the illusory energy of the Supreme Lord. That's called Maya. You know, we raised our hands saying, yes, I'd like to overcome the influence of Maya. Which is always insurmountable for those who are not self-controlled. So this very same language also comes later when Krishna is speaking with Uddhava. Before a number of you arrived here in Gita Nagra, we had some uh, little sessions with those that are in the devotee care capacity of service. And we asked the devotees, they were asked before coming to our little gathering, what are some scriptural references that inspire you in this matter of ex your service of extending devotee care? So, where's Gokulananda? Gokulananda's here? He uh, mentioned the Avanti Brahman story. That's much later in this 11th canto, chapter 27, where Uddhava is asking Krishna, just paraphrase to make it really simple, what's the root cause of suffering? Why do, why do we suffer? Why do living entities suffer? Because if you know the cause, then you can know the cure, right? So, to answer that question, Krishna takes a whole chapter to tell a whole story. A true story, because Avanti is a, a real place, and there's, there's the Brahmana from Avanti. The Avanti Brahmana. Avantipur. So long ago, there was a Brahmana. I'll just do a quick gloss of the storyline. And the Avanti Brahmana was really good at his Brahminical duties. But from those Brahminical duties, he received prosperity and he was attached to prosperity and he became obsessed with doing his duties to get the prosperity and he was something of a kripana, not a brahmana. He was very miserly with the prosperity. So much so that the, the people in Avanti, they, they didn't like him. He was, he was not a nice person. He was too attached to his prosperity. And even his own family members, he there's this saying, charity begins at home. He was miserly with his family. So they had problem with this Brahmana. And as fate would have it, he became so attached to his prosperity that he forgot his Brahminical practices. He slackened and, you know, fell off the cliff. 
And then as fate would have it, he, he lost his piety. And in that position of impiety and his cruelty to others, because he had prosperity, so he became proud, so he was, with that pride he became cruel. By nature's arrangement, or divine arrangement, he lost everything. Part of his wealth was in land and production from land, kind of like a wealthy landholder brahmana, kind of an improper position for a brahmana. And there was a long drought, and he, you know, so it was very poor crop production, and so, he, you know, he, he, he lost his wealth. And he had debts, and people came and demanded their debts, and so, so whatever was left, his family took it from him and left him. So he, there he was, destitute. Now, he, now he's a poor Brahmin. And he had nothing. Not even his family to support him because he had been cruel to everybody. And in that condition, he had no false shelter left. The only thing he had left was the vestigial remains of his previous activity as a qualified Brahmin. And so he he turned to the Supreme Lord and took shelter of the Supreme Lord. And because he had nothing, he lived like a mendicant. But everybody thought, oh, this guy, he's just another one of his clever tricks. He's playing the position of a poor person, so he'll take riches from us. So they, they sent him away. Get out of here. And whatever little bit that he did receive as alms, the children would come and take his begging bowl and th throw it away. Sometimes they would urinate in his begging bowl and stick their tongue out at him and say, you know, you're not a nice man. They were not nice children either. <laughs> <laughs> and insult him and call him names and treat him harshly. His life was miserable. And so he then began to contemplate. Why is life so miserable? And then he started to consider, maybe it's my karma, maybe it's the planetary influences, maybe it's other living entities, maybe it's this cause, maybe it's that cause. Because he was learned, he matched the, this possible cause or that possible cause and refuted them, so he was left with only one thing. And that was, my mind is the cause of my suffering. Because if I was actually fixed in my relationship with Krishna, then I could see everything is temporary and tolerate because it's just temporary and, it's, and my real identity is something else. So my mind is the cause of my suffering. And then he stated this one very nice verse, a verse that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quoted from the Avanti Brahman story. Of course, he's Krishna himself too. Etam saastaya paradmanishtam adhyasitam purvatamayar mahadvi ahantarishami dharantaparam 
Tamoma Kundambi Nesheva Naivat. That's one of the verses that I learned because Srila Prabhupada uh, encouraged those who take sannyas in addition to, when you take sannyas, there's, in addition to the Gayatri mantras for, for those that chant Gayatri, there's an additional mantra that sannyasis say at the end of the Gayatri mantras that Brahmanas recite. And along with reciting that sannyas mantra, Prabhupada encouraged that we, or recommended, whatever, that we can also say this verse. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said this verse when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took the order of sannyas from Keshava Bharati. So following Lord Chaitanya, like that example I gave yesterday, uh, Queen Kunti is like the mother duck, thinking about it this morning, quack, quack. And so we're a little duckling. We don't know what to do besides quack, quack. Follow behind Queen Kunti and take her example. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the example of So it's, the, the verse says, I don't have the direct translation here, but I will cross over the insurmountable, just as Mimi is saying, the insurmountable, not difficult, but insurmountable. You can't cross on the other side of it. That's what insurmountable means. Insurmountable material existence just by this one qualification keeping my mind fixed and my with full faith in the Supreme Personality of Godhead that I'll get on the other side of this insurmountable not just formidable not just difficult taxing, troubling insurmountable material existence so that's Krishna's teaching to uh, Uddhava, the cause of suffering and the cure. So now Maharaj Nimi is asking basically the same question. How to cross over? Here's the, please explain how even a foolish materialist can easily cross over the illusory energy of the Supreme Lord, which is always insurmountable for those who are not self-controlled. Hmm. Well, it sounds like if you become self-controlled, then it's surmountable. So how do you become self-controlled? And the answer is, you become controlled by the Supreme Self. Rishikena, Rishikesha, Sevanam. Or, like Queen Kunti said, Tai me nanya vishaya. Very nice verse. The as we that yesterday evening's verse. Tai vishaya. Break it apart. Vishaya means sense gratification. Your sense of gratification is my objective. It's called love. 
where the interest of the beloved is the interest of the lover. So, twayi, vishaya, and then in between is me, ananya. An- ananya is really clear. No other. There's anya and ananya. Something that I learned from Atmanivedana about when you were taking business classes at Brown University and they were teaching hedging. You didn't like it. You remember? I remember. I never heard the word before. I know what hedges are out there, but I didn't know what hedging is. The hedging is, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You invest over here, and you invest over there, and you know, if this goes down, that one won't go down, so you don't lose your shirt. Hedging. Like hedging your bets. You have many baskets, you don't, you don't have faith in anything. Except <laughs> there's just one objective, get money. Because money's the honey, and with money you can enjoy. Forget religion, just get money. And hedging, instead of worshipping God, dharma, artha, kama, just, just in hedging. <laughs> so you get money, so you can enjoy. You just replace this, so the religion is money, instead of God. And you don't just, not just one God, you have many gods, and you, you know, some over here and some over there, you're your hedging program. And ananya means no hedging, just one. Just one, what if that one lets me down? Well, he, he won't let you down, you let him down. Anyway, that's the teaching, ananya, vishaya. He's the only set of senses to be pleased. Dedicating oneself to that. Matir madupate asakrit. Asakrit is like squeaky clean. (laughs) Absolutely. Undeviatingly. Unstopping. Incessant. Not a kind of, you know, fanatical obsession, just where your heart has has been given to Krishna. Then there's no other consideration because it's, it's, it's love, divine love. There's no other consideration. Asakrit. Unto the, the personality of Godhead, Krishna. Madhupate, Madhupati, the Lord of Madhu. Let my mind go there. Out of love. So we're, we're not in that condition of love. We're in the condition of, you know, if we're doing well, sadhakas. We're practicing. Be honest, we're practicing. <laughs> we're, we're the little ducklings going quack, quack. <laughs> we don't really know, except you know, the mother duck is going quack, quack, so we're going quack, quack. We're, we're following the, the qualified persons with some faith in them and the process, and we, we're experiencing something. So Nimi is asking, what's the 
way by which even a foolish materialist can easily cross over the insurmountable maya and get to the other side. Well, at least insurmountable for those who are self-controlled. So once again, self-controlled means controlled by Krishna, controlled by love. It's very nice. Being controlled by love is very nice. It's not unpleasant. It's very nice. So, um, to answer that question and a series of other questions, the Navayogendras are then explaining, I'll read the previous verse to this text 30, one who desires his ultimate self-interest, what's self-interest? Sva-artha. Sva-artha. Self, real interest. One who wants, what's your real interest? Not, you know, the hedging kind of thing. But your real interest, not the conditional kind of thing. I like, I don't like. I'm attracted, I'm not attracted. Not that kind. Your real self-interest, down, deep, deep, deep down, on the soul level, your real self-interest. Those who desire that, they may not even know what that is, but they desire that. Real self-interest. They cultivate friendship with those persons who have accepted Krishna as the Lord of their life which exactly fits in with the message from yesterday evening, which is in order to have a loving relationship, the basis and support of that real loving relationship is a loving relationship with Krishna. Conversely, without a real loving relationship with Krishna, you're not going to have loving relationships. It's going to be something else, one of those cosmetic things. Put it on, looks good. Wait a while, what wears off. Doesn't look good anymore. Doesn't feel good anymore. It's very uncomfortable. No longer a loving relationship. It's something else. So what's on the what's on the soul platform? Queen Kunti was saying, take away the material portion. Just leave the soul to soul in relation to the supreme soul. And then it can can go this way, that way. It's okay. It's just. That's a real loving relationship. One who desires his ultimate self-interest should cultivate friendship with those persons who have accepted Krishna as the Lord of their life. One should further develop an attitude of service towards all living beings. Does that sound familiar? The verse by Rishabdev who is saying, offer respect to all living beings, knowing that within their heart is the sitting place of me in my super-soul feature. And by doing so, you'll become very dear to me and indirectly you'll be respecting me. Well, it's directly respecting me because this is my wish. One should especially try to help those in the human form of life and among them especially those 
who accept the principles of religious behavior, amongst religious persons one should especially render service to the pure devotees of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, which is another one of Rishabh Dev's teachings. Mahatsevam Dvaram Ahorve Muktes. Very wonderful verse from fifth chapter of fifth canto. So now following that is this one. The Navyogendras are advising to develop loving relationships. How do I do that? I've got stuff and they've got stuff that's impeding a loving relationship. So it's you know it comes one of those covered things. What 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 to do? I'm this as Nimi is saying, you know, attached materialist. I'm this pathetic materialist. Somewhere in there is this spark of something, but you, you know, not very much. And there's a lot of this other stuff. What so? What about me? So, cultivate anushilana. Anushilana is a word used by Rupa Goswami, which means essentially cultivate. Anu means follow, and shila means conduct or behavior. Not just imitate the behavior, but cultivate the mood. Don't just go back, but you know, follow the mood of those exalted personalities. They, like Himanshu's comment yesterday, or question comment. Those that, that those that inspire you, the Sarvabhumabhattacharyas that bring, become transformed, or whatever it is that inspires you, look inside and what, what moves your heart. Those great personalities, follow the mood of those great personalities. Even your, you know, this pathetic materialist or whatever it is. You're not very advanced in your trajectory of spiritual life. Whatever it is, that little spark, Fan the spark through these exalted personalities. I don't know if I can do this succinctly, but I'd like to, on the same theme, I'd like to spend a little bit of time discussing. Um, how to do that, like with feeling, the, 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 the difference between information and feeling. So I'll, do, I'll try to do that in, in two different ways. One is um, the first evening was Shikshastakam. First verse of Shikshastakam. Cheto Darpana Marjanam Bhava Mahadava. So one by one we went through at least the first four. Now, this is Lord Chaitanya's instruction. And what is instruction meant for? It's it's as I mentioned yesterday, that they form direction of the Lord. That's what that's what instruction or intelligence is. Go that way. 
Like, you know, when you're coming here to Gitanagar and you haven't been here, what you, you get your GPS, but sometimes it tells you to go that way when it's that way. <laughs> I've learned that one. So, you ask somebody directions. Which way to, you know, Gitanagari? They give some direction. So, Lord Chaitanya is giving direction how to reach Krishna. How, specifically, how to reach Krishna when you're covered, like Nimi is asking. You're this pathetic covered materialist. How to reach Krishna? I haven't a clue. I want to get on the other side of this insurmountable Maya. How do I get there? So, from that position, you receive some instruction. Jeto Darpana Marjanam. So, it's not only information, but there's a mood. How do you take this instruction and, you know, say it's that way? It's beyond just, we're all doing, so we're chanting. But, to what degree are we experiencing? To a lesser and greater degree. We're experiencing jeto, darpana, marjana, our heart is being, becoming cleansed. So if you want your heart to become more rather than less cleansed, if you really want that, then you, you have to go beyond the information stage and you have to go to the heart stage. How do you do that? You associate with the, the, excuse me for not being a little clumsy trying to express this, but the feeling behind the message. Because there's a message that's a direction, you go that away. But then there's a, there's a feeling behind it. Like the, the holy name is merciful. And you recognize the merciful nature of the holy name, and there's some feeling. Follow? I'll try it this way. <clears throat> Something that I've experienced with, um, I like because Prabhupada did this. In, in, when, whenever going into Prabhupada's quarters, he kept on a, on a corner of his table a jar of macadamia nuts. And the idea was that anybody that came, whatever it was, before leaving he would give them some prasadam. And I thought, you know, that's nice. But, you know, it's, it, besides a cultural thing, it's a, it's a dadati, pratikanati, guyam, akyati, prishati. It's a loving exchange. Here's some prasadam. A person may not bring him some prasadam, but he's, you know, extending a loving, that's what it is. my train of thought. The, um, so when, when Prabhupada is giving instructions, it's not just, you know, the, the information. It's, 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 behind it is a desire to bring us closer to Krishna. It's love. He wants to bring us closer to Krishna. So, 
Lord Chaitanya wanted to bring us closer to Krishna. So here's here's some directions. Go that way. Chaito Darpana Marjanam. But th- there's a there's a mood. We're just chanting Hare Krishna and it's cleansing our heart. But if the, so there's some recognition of what it is. It's like it's not just a macadamia nut, but it's it's prasadam. More it's it's a loving exchange. That's what it is. So here comes the holy name that we're given by our founder Acharya and the disciplic succession. We're chanting the holy name and, and our heart is becoming cleansed. So, yeah, this example of giving prasadam to children, here's two different responses. The child comes up, they look at what they're getting, sometimes they point, I want that one instead of that one. They take the, that one and they just look at it and put it in their mouth. And then the parents say, what do you say? And the child says, thank you. Yeah. And my image is one of those little toys that you tilt the toy and it says something. Thank you. <laughs> Very mechanical. Thank you. There's no thank you. There's no feeling. It's just, you know, behavior. So we can do the behavior. We can do chanting. But where's the feeling of thank you? If you recognize what it is that's being given, not only that the holy name is purifying, but it's Krishna and he he's, he loves you. <laughs> And one of the things that's getting in the way of that loving relationship is there's all this contamination of heart. So he's he's not just being a janitor and cleaning our heart, although that's one thing that is happening. It's love. And so if, if you chant with that mood, you're, you're like the verse that we just chanted. Um... Bhagavad Gyasha. Pavanam Bhagavad Gyasha. One's becoming Pavanam, purified by Parasparanu Katanam. About what? About Bhagavad Gyasha, the glories of Bhagavan. So this is one of them. Cheto Darpana Marsha. Wow. Then there's a feeling. Chant with that feeling. I'm chanting and this loving, supremely loving person, Pavanam, he's purifying my heart. I'm just chanting. And you know, it's just this, thank you. It's just, it's, you know, a degree of mechanical chanting. But Krishna looks beyond that and you know, there's this little spark and he's, encouraging that little spark and he's cleansing our heart. Thank you. Some recognition that it's with a mood, a feeling of gratitude by Bhagavad Yashaha. And then this first word, parasparam. Paraspara. Note. Paraspara is translated the same way. It means mutual. As this, here's another one, mito, mita, 
Mitta. It means it's four times. It means mutual. It's two-way. It's a relationship. A relationship of love. Haribo. And it starts with Krishna, Bhagavat, Yashaha, the glories of Krishna. <coughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was giving us the glories of the holy name. Chaito Darpana Marjanam. And uh, in, in the purport, the first part of the purport, Sridhar Swami is being quoted as saying, those who are advanced in Krishna consciousness should not envy one another. Now this envy of one another, um, came in, in, in the earlier quote, you remember from as far ago as yesterday, there's lots of things going on here, so many classes, how can you remember everything? But yesterday morning was a verse spoken by Rishabdev to his sons, in which he spoke about Vivikta-drik. Do you remember that one? Vivikta-drik. And it, it's, it has two meanings. Directly meaning is without envy. So, Shridhar Swami is saying in relation to this verse, is the devotees should, those that are the pathetic, attached materialists, should give up envy and not in envy associate with the devotees and without envy glorify the personality of Godhead and in that way together Rati experience some attraction for the object Krishna and together experience Tushti satisfaction Together, experience this nivriti, no longer materially attracted. Wow! All I did was get together with the devotees and glorify Krishna and all that stuff went away. Because, as we heard yesterday, when seeing in darkness isn't seeing, and seeing when there's sunlight, you can see the sunlight and all the things you couldn't see in darkness. You can see the attractive feature of nice devotees that are attracted to Krishna, at least a spark of attraction for Krishna. And if that's the focus when you're doing this parasparanu katanam, when you're hearing and discussing the wonderful topics about Krishna, you can start to see the soul and the soul's attraction to Krishna in the light of the Bhagavad Yashaha, the wonderful glories of the personality of Godhead. All the things that you couldn't see because of being in Maya, it goes away when there's the light of Krishna. It's beautiful. And then loving relationships with the devotees becomes the door opens. That thing which we very much, all of us universally want. We want to love and be loved. There's no one that doesn't want to love and be loved. We all want. And there's something that's always short, not fully said. It's something nice, but the cosmetic thing, it comes and it goes. Like the weather. Or like anything that's of this world, it comes and it goes. 
or like Queen Kunti, even having some attachment to a devotee, but the material portion of the attachment obscures the real purpose, which is love for Krishna. So let my attraction simply be to Krishna. And then I can be fully attracted to the soul and have a soul-to-soul loving relationship. This is, how, this is how you do it. Or it's one of the how you do it. Parasparanu katanam pavanam bhagavad yashaha mito ratir mitattushtir nivritir mita atmanaha Come to Gidanagari or wherever you want to go and, and, and get together and discuss the glories of Krishna and chant Krishna's name and worship Radha Damodar and more kirtan. <coughs> Around that all-purifying Krishna, Madaram Madhare Vyopi, what's the rest? Pavanebhyo Vimangalam, yeah, it's of all auspicious things, it's all auspicious. Pavanam Pavane BOP. Of all things that are purifying, it's supremely purifying. Hariyarnam Eva Kevalam. And from the chanting of the holy name, the chanting of the glories of the person who is not different than the holy name, the glories of Krishna the glories of those that are dear to Krishna, his devotees. And that the door opens to loving relationships. So like the, again, referring back to Shikshastakam, following the Chaito Dharpana Marjanam, and as that continues, Bhava Maha that envy that's the root of our other contaminations is addressed at the root. And then the other contaminations gradually become cleansed. And the tendency, nirvapanam, to again take to material association, such tendency as this verse is being described, because the satisfaction is there, and one sees this nice example of other devotees, just as is as being described. Um, Thus they encourage one another to give up material sense gratification, which is the bait, which is, so one devotee will say to another, oh, you've given up sense gratification starting today. I too shall give it up. At least, we'll see what happens tomorrow, but. <laughs> I asked one of the children, you know, how many rounds did you chant? He said, eight rounds. He said, what's the most rounds you've ever chanted before? Eight rounds. <laughs> In association to devotees. All kinds of things can happen. Sometimes when we have our little job retreats, little kids, you know, chant 64 rounds. There's one child in the Chicago congregation from the, the time he was quite small. He couldn't sleep. He was, you know, slept, a little boy. Slept an hour and a half, two hours, and woke his parents up. He started chanting. Let's, we have to go to the temple to go to Mangalarti. I've already chanted 32 rounds. <laughs> wow. 
Okay, we'll go to Mangalarti. So they went to Mangalarti and he chanted the other two, 32 rounds. Little boy. He fell asleep in his father's lap because he was tired. <laughs> he was so excited, you know. And then it was every year after that, 64 rounds. Little boy. Now he's not such a little boy, but you know, when he was a little boy, just in the association of devotees, that which is impossible becomes possible. There's some eagerness to make the impossible become possible. The eagerness, utsahan, but that, that even that eagerness, that enthusiasm, can just just a little spark, a little something, a daushradha, something. And in the association of devotees, that little something becomes a flame, and the flame can become a blaze. At least the potency, the potency is there. The potential is there in this activity. It may happen to a lesser or a greater degree, and it may change in the course of, you know, time. Even while here in the association, or what? There, there are variations on quantity, but be assured that the the the, the potency of the association of devotees in this very activity of engaging in Shravadam Kirtanam together, it's, it's, the, it's the answer that Navyogandras is Uttama Bhagavats are giving to Kim, King Nimi. Even if one is a pathetic, materialistic, attached person, or, you know, not pathetic, but, you know, attached, whatever our position is, Take to this. And do it regularly. Asakrit, as um, Queen Kunti was saying. Incessantly, at least regularly. Try, cultivate regularly. Find some way or another, whatever your situation of life is, find some way or another to associate with those that have such propensity to parasparanu katanam pavanam bhagavad yashaha. Engage in hearing and chanting together about Krishna and Krishna's wonderful glories. Then, shreya kairava chandrika vitaranam that Shreya is this desire to serve Krishna with love. It's a little, but the little can, can grow and grow and grow. Vistaranam, it expands the Sri Krishna Sankirtanam. This activity expands that little spark, that little Shreya, and becomes a big Shreya, Maha Shreya. Great fortune. The desire to serve. And with that desire to serve, Vidyavadho Jivanam, one gets, like was was being discussed yesterday evening, the intelligence, the form direction of the Lord, Bodhi Yoga, how to reach Krishna, how to see where where's the weeds and where's the creeper, and pull the weeds and Nurture the creeper through the medium of loving exchanges with the devotees centered on Krishna. 
and can continue to cultivate that as the process of bhakti has us do. Then, anandam buddhivar, just exactly as is being said here, anandam buddhivar dhanam. As one passes one's days in the association of the Lord's devotees, one's transcendental ecstasy increases more and more. Pratipadam purnam rutasvadanam sarvatma snapanam param vijayate shri krishna sankirtanam we're, we're, we're very fortunate. Mahaprabhu has come into our lives and the, associate, the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his loving devotees, have somehow come into our lives. And we were unfortunate, and we've somehow become fortunate. Let that feeling of gratitude enter the heart, and then do your devotional practices with love, with bhava, to take these these teachings, so it's not just information and inspiration, but let it go deeply into your heart. And then conduct your devotional activity, your family activity, your work activity, your loving relationship with the devotees from that position. You'll be jet propelled. There you go. Wow, look at that devotee. <laughs> I want some of their association. Or like it's being said here, Oh, you've given up sense gratification. Starting today, I shall also give it up. But this is how. Those loving relationships through the medium of hearing and chanting together. Hare Krishna. So, any discussion? Go ahead, loud. So, when we have a strong relationship with the person who's giving the instruction, uh, when there's a lot of static, we can't hear you. What's the deal? You don't know? Give me this thing. That won't work either. I got all these wires. I can just give up. Okay. <laughs> so when you have a strong relationship with the person we're receiving instructions from, it's easier to understand the feeling behind the instruction, but there's still room for speculation. Sure. How do we avoid... Um, Don't speculate. <laughs> Should we ask every time we get an instruction? No. You wear the other person down. <laughs> Should I put my right foot after my left foot? So what's the best way to get the right feeling? Like understand the right feeling? Uh, you know, use a little common sense. <laughs> I was afraid you would say that. <laughs> A little common sense helps. It's kind of like more than helps. It's kind of like necessary. And 
expect that as you advance in Krishna consciousness, those finer discriminations will become yours. Just like this morning, you know, you were trying to be helpful, and I gave you a signal that says, you know, it'll change, it changes the mood. So I'm more interested in the mood than, you know, whether the wire is in the way or not. I didn't say all of that, so, you know, what's behind that? That's what's behind that. But, you know, there may not be some explicit exchange where you say, you know, could I, could I get an understanding of why it was that you didn't want me to do that? There's a, there's a spontaneous mood in kirtan, and that's a little much. Mood is joyful and jubilant, and we'll work around the wire, it's okay. We worked out, it was, became part of the dance. We went around this way, then went around that way. It was fine. Okay? Yes? Should we word, avoid discussing problems of life? No. But do something first before you go right to the problems of life. And not just, you know, social niceties and then the problems of life. But bring your mind to Krishna and let that come in the sound vibration. Like, for example, it's been a while since I've been associating with you, Prabhu. Tell me, share with me, what are some of the things that you've been reading and your realizations from what you've been reading? And I've been, you know, back and forth, and I've been, we had a really wonderful class, and we shared on such and such thing, and it was really inspiring, and I've been trying to apply my life in this way, and what happens is consciousness goes up and the problems become more in perspective. They diminish in their importance. Somebody was giving this example, just like when you're in an airplane, you look down, things look really small. When your consciousness is connected to Krishna, things of this world that are problems they, be, they take the proper perspective. And if you don't put Krishna in the foreground, those things become, whoa! They get bigger than life. And then, you know, you, you, you can't breathe, there's no oxygen. <gasps> there's this problem and I don't know what to do. And, you know, because you forgot Krishna. Let's start with that. I'm exaggerating a bit, but you get the idea. So put Krishna in the in the foreground, in the right in the center of that exchange, somehow or another, somehow or another. And if you cultivate like that, it becomes your way of life. And if it becomes your way of life, then things keep their proper perspective. Then yes, it has its place. 
proper perspective. All the way in the back, over there, keep your hand up. A question about envy. Say it again. The question is, say it slowly. Is there a difference in addressing our envy to different devotees? Like, uh, is there a difference between addressing our envy? Addressing, addressing, addressing. Addressing envy towards other devotees? Different devotees, different. I don't understand. The is question. there a different way to address envy towards different devotees? You mean varieties of envy? Is it a menu, an envy menu? <laughs> How to how to handle it from your side in different different ways according to different kinds of envy? No, that's not your question. How to address? Can you speak into the microphone? So my specific question is: How do we address envy to those who are like when I feel envious to those who are Well, first of all. Hit the pause button and do a little reset. The reason, and the reset says, the reason that there's envy towards the superior is directly connected to, although I may not be seeing it and feeling it or aware of it, but it's directly connected to an envy of Krishna. The converse. If I didn't have envy towards Krishna, I wouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling. So that's the root. Now I don't know how to deal with the root because I have this other thing and it's you know it's got a hold of me. It is pulling me this way and that way. But at least do that. So the the context is you know the the root. What I mean to say, say it another way. There's a there's a dandelion in your lawn. So you go and get the scissors and you cut the top of the dandelion off. What's going to happen? It's going to grow again. Because there's a root. Then you cut it again and cut it again and cut it again and it keeps coming up. It takes maybe a little while, but it'll come up again and come up again. So know that there's a root. The root is our envy towards Krishna. It's our material condition. That's the first thing. Then the second thing, this is a Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati advice that you've heard from me probably a hundred times. But, you know, so you, that's part of the reset. So, something there has to do with something here. There's some resistance towards respect and instead it's coming out this other thing not exactly disrespect but it's envy and from that envy 
comes the corollaries stuff. You know, but the, the stuff is corollaries of the envy, and the envy has its root in envy of Krishna. So, one of the things, this is now another step that's, that's very, it's, it's not essence, but it's goodness. It's not spiritual, it's material. Spiritual is essence, and material is just, you know, it's, it's relative. So, since I have at least a basic acknowledgement Maybe not a conscious awareness, at, you know, in a deep level, but an understanding, conceptual understanding, that the, the problem is over here, not over there. There may be something over there that, you know, is triggering something over here, but the problem is over here. And then if I was free from the problem over here, I could be in service to the person over there. But as long as I'm triggered over here, that I can't be any service to that other person. I'm a problem, or I'm, I'm creating a disturbance, or you know, I'm part of the problem. You know, uh, whatever the thing is that causes the trigger, that you know, they they spoke something that was very hurried and not with a full, full thoughtfulness and not so respectful and so, you know, I, I feel hurt or whatever whatever the thing may be. And, you know, by analysis I know it's you know, circumstantial, whatever it is they were dealing with and I, I can understand that because I do that too and it's okay but because there's envy I got triggered. Whatever the scenario is. So now put something on the other side of the pan scale. This is now, if you, if you look at the nice verse by uh, Bhishma Dave in the ninth chapter of Canto 1, he speaks about antidotes for material problems. It's not the spiritual solution kind, it's the panscale kind. When there's anger, you cultivate forgiveness. Like that. You know, it puts something on the other side of the panscale. So, <clears throat> if there's Envy towards a person, let me think of, at least privately, if not more than privately, publicly, or at least to, you know, to my husband, <clears throat> let me express my appreciation for that person. Here are, here are the, the nice qualities of that person for which I respect them. Because Krishna has decorated them with this and that and the other quality. And lo and behold, it's not just there's a lot of good qualities, but there's the basis for those good qualities, and that's the bhakti that they're carrying in their heart. That's the basis of those nice qualities, because that's where people get good qualities from. Krishna decorates them because of that one quality, the devotion from Krishna. Krishna ekashanana. Krishna decorated them with nice qualities. So there's this Krishna Bhakti in this person's heart. So the mood has changed. Can change. So that I can then regard the person, okay, there's this something that may be troubling me. 
I, I don't like it. I don't have to like it. But it's not, I, I don't dislike the person or have envy towards the person. I respect towards the person. From the, by the mode of goodness effort, it's gotten me a little bit closer to the spiritual position where I can respect that there's bhakti in their heart and Krishna's in their heart. And like I'm trying to become cleansed, they're trying to become cleansed. And that's glorious. Then I can get over the envy and then it becomes instead respect. That now, whatever that thing is that caused some trigger, I can, I can speak in a mood of respect and service to that person. I still take ownership for my own feelings, whatever those feelings are, but there may be something over there and I can say that some, about that something rather than, you know, suffer with feelings of envy and then even speaking something out of envy like Daksha did to Lord Shiva and later Daksha did to Narada from envy. Daksha didn't like, why should Lord Shiva be honored? I should be honored. Look at me. <laughs> but Daksha's being honored. Or Dravasmuni and Ambarish. Why should, he's a, he's a Chhatri and I'm a Brahmana. And everyone's honoring him. I should be honored. He was envious. So I did, you know, when envy is there, Things that are not becoming of the individual can be done. We can, you know, we can act in a way that's embarrassing and unbecoming of something that we would want to be. Certainly wouldn't want others to be. So that, that's the, that's the reset. And then again, you, you cultivate it and practice it and you, you don't have to run you know, hurry up and fix the thing. Because that's not how things get fixed. They, they, they come into being like that, they don't go out of being like that. It's a cultivation. Krishna consciousness is the basis of that cultivation. I think we have time for one more question. Maybe two more questions. I have heard this phrase like to become envious of the instruction. To become envious of what? Of the instruction that I am receiving. So I was just wondering like does it manifest because of the envy towards the instructor? Yes. But behind that is envy towards Krishna. That's just like a fall guy. What that means is, you know, there's this mean person and the mean person doesn't do anything. He just has somebody go and, you know, do something mean. So that you, you blame the mean guy. But exactly the guy that, you know. So the, the, the envy that we may feel towards some personality uh, is, yeah, is envy toward the personality, but it, that's, that's a shallow or an incomplete understanding of what's really going on. Because if there's, if there's somebody has something, envy means somebody has, th like Daksha, Lord Shiva's getting respect, 
or Dravas Muni. Maharaj Ambrese is getting respect. That's something I want. But they have it. And I want it. So I envy the person who has it. But behind that is Krishna. Krishna, because Krishna is smiling upon Maharaj Ambrese, he's being honored. He doesn't want the honor. But he's being honored. But I'm envious towards Maharaj Ambarish because I want to be honored. So behind it is, you know, a problem in our relationship with Krishna. And we can give up that problem, we would also be honored. The thing we want. But we, you know, we want it independently of Krishna. That's the problem. So, over here. Last question. Gonna be a good one? Uh, in trying to serve Krishna. It's not how close you hold it, it has to do with, I think, the angle. Okay, try to various angles. Go ahead. When you chant. When you chant. I realize that it is more, we can dedicate our food in service of Krishna. Yes. But when we are doing other material activities, um, yeah. uh, over time, uh, you know, the consciousness uh, is not uh, uh, at its best. So, uh, is it that, uh, you know, we need to take breaks and uh, chant? Sure. <laughs> it's called life. <laughs> or, uh, you know, maybe, yeah. <laughs> is that the best way to do it, Maharaj? Well, the best way is to become attached to Krishna. The best way is to become... Here. One should learn to increase one's love for the devotees, to satisfy them, and to give up sense objects unfavorable to serving Krishna. One, and one should learn to view the entire universe as paraphernalia for the Lord's service. So you're speaking of material activities. Supposing you didn't see the universe as paraphernalia for sense gratification or fruitive activities that bring economic prosperity that brings sense gratification, supposing you saw the universe as paraphernalia for Krishna's service. So what's the question of material activities? But you won't see like that if you're not attached to Krishna. Conversely, if you're attached to Krishna, you'll see like that. Not just, I read it somewhere in a book that Krishna creates, so it must be his. That's theoretical. And in the heart is still this, you know, I want to be the enjoyer of Krishna's property. And that's material activity. But you change the consciousness behind the activity and become attached to Krishna. Your whole life is serving Krishna. Not just the chanting part. There's a, there's a term for it, it's called secularism. You've heard that term before? Secular. Secular is, this is what I do for God, and then this is what I do for my, the worldly part of my life. And there's this, you know, firewall between the two. 
And then people speak about a balance between their spiritual life and their material life. And I say, Bhagavad Gita speaks this way, Bhagavatam speaks this way, just take the firewall away. And whatever it is that you do, you do that for Krishna. Whatever it is that you do, I mean, the discussion that we had about the, the, the thing that you'd like to do, you can look at it as service to Krishna. You can look at it as service to humanity minus Krishna, and that's material. But service to Krishna. And besides the things that you'd like to do that you're not yet doing, even the things that you're doing. Service to Krishna. And then, the, the, it's not to take a, take a japa break, but you, know, Im, you immerse yourself in um, at least regular satatam kirtayantomam regularly hearing and chanting hearing and chanting and doing with regularity then the heart vidhunoti suritsatam the heart becomes cleansed of these things of seeing separate from Krishna material activity and then there's devotional activity you start to see devotional activity because the chanting, the hearing and chanting is joined with those activities which are dealing with the paraphernalia of Krishna, called the material creation. That's consciousness. That's a change of heart that we, Queen Kunti was speaking about, or Prabhupada in the purport of that verse yesterday. A change of heart, where you just see in relation to Krishna. Then it's not material activity anymore. It's devotional service, which is not material activity. It's transcendental activity. What do you think? Uh, yeah, but... Now you want to spiritually extend yourself uh, like to that level of consciousness. Well, you, then you do according to your capacity. So then you... you so it, it may be helpful. It's not only may be helpful. It's nice even for one who is in such consciousness, Krishna consciousness, but to regularly hear and chant it's not just take a break from the material activity so I can hear and chant it's an, att an attachment for Krishna I like to talk about Krishna and hear about Krishna and chant about Krishna so it's, it's spontaneous as opposed to regulative so before it's spontaneous you say I'm not there yet kind of message so then with some regularity yes take some time to bring the mind to Krishna. And then you can see the activity, but best if you don't see the activity as, now I'm going to go throw some mud and dirt on me like just after taking a bath and do this material activity again and then take another bath and do some material activity and get dirty and take another bath. But see the activity as devotional service that is, is as it's intended if, my, if, if I had the proper consciousness it's for Krishna. Consider like that. Cultivate like that. Progressively cultivate like that. It becomes your life. That's Krishna consciousness. 
Okay, going to end. Thank you very much. You're the Prabhupada. Ki Jai. Jai.